10 facts about the Holy Rosary. There are a few things that are just iconic of Catholicism. And one of those things is the Holy Rosary, the beads. Uh, you see them on people's dash in their car. You see them on religious, on nuns, monks, and used to be on every, every Catholic's bedside table and in their pocket every day. Today, it's the Feast of the Holy Rosary. That's why we're doing this video, October 7th. And I've done a 14-part series on how to pray the rosary, why pray the rosary, how to pray it in Latin. Um, I'll link all that in the top right corner or below on this video. But today I thought we'd go through 10 top facts about the rosary. So let's get started. First off, let's address some of the controversy, and that is the rosary is not the worship of Mary. Many Protestants believe that the rosary is this vain repetition in which we worship Mary and we denigrate Jesus Christ because the majority of the prayers are the Hail Mary. And we'll explain where the Hail Mary comes from. It actually comes from Scripture. We'll get to that. But the rosary is a guided meditation of prayer through 15 mysteries found in the sacred scripture. It begins with the Annunciation when St. Gabriel, the archangel in Luke's gospel, comes to Mary, and then Mary visits her cousin Elizabeth, who's pregnant with John the Baptist, and John the Baptist leaps in his mother's womb and is filled with the Holy Ghost. The third one is the Nativity, the Christmas story, the fourth is the presentation of Christ in the temple. So what you're doing is, is you're going through the life, the death, the resurrection, and the glory of Jesus Christ when we pray the rosary. And we're asking his mother, because we believe in the communion of saints, we believe those who are in heaven can hear us. We're asking her to guide us and to help us. Why? Because in Luke chapter 1, verse 46, Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. I used to be a Protestant. I used to be an evangelical. I was a clergyman in the Protestant tradition. And one of the things I find most helpful when we're talking with Protestants, non-Catholics, evangelicals, is quoting that verse, Luke 1.46. My soul magnifies the Lord. It's the word of God. Mary says her soul magnifies the Lord. So if you you can't see Jesus, he's unclear, you don't you have a hard time focusing on Christ, what do you need? You need magnification. The only only thing in scripture called a magnifier of the Lord is the Blessed Virgin Mary. And you know, if you've seen Mel Gibson's The Passion, the great film, one of the most powerful parts of that movie is when Christ falls under the cross. And his mother Mary runs to him and comes to him. And even non-Catholics, Protestants say that's their favorite part of the movie. Why? Because Mary's soul magnifies the Lord. Her presence there helps us recall the humanity of Christ. He's fully God, fully man. But the presence of Mary there magnifies the humility of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to be the redeemer of human people like you and me. Okay, so the first fact is this is not about worshiping Mary. This whole thing is Christocentric, centered on Christ, or Christotelic, leading us to Jesus Christ. That's the goal. 
What does she say at the wedding at Cana? Mary says, do whatever he tells you to do. So Mary's always pointing us to Jesus or magnifying Jesus so that we can love him and know him more. Now, the second fact on the rosary is the rosary is not vain repetition. Do we make repetitions? Yes, if you prayed uh, all 15 decades, you would say the Hail Mary uh, 150 times, the Our Father uh, 15 times, and so on. And Protestants will point to a passage in the King James Bible, Matthew 6, 7, that says, or Christ says, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions. And they say, aha, you're using repetitions. This is against the teaching of Christ. You Catholics are bad. The problem is, is the King James Version is a bad translation. It often mistranslates the original languages. Here it's Greek. The word used in the Greek version of Matthew 6-7 is bataloge stete. And batos means stammer, logos means word, speech. And the better translation is the one we see in the Dewey Rames of Matthew 6-7, where it says, and when you are praying, speak not much. Right? Go on and on. And that actually makes sense, because in the second half of the verse, Christ says, for they think that in their much speaking, they may be heard. So what Christ is condemning is um, trying to impress God by making a elegant, long uh, monologue, a speech, as the Pharisees would do in public, thinking that somehow this is going to impress God and get what they want. No. In fact, what we see in Scripture, we do see repetition. Psalm 135 says, His mercy endures forever 27 times. There's 27 books in the New Testament. 27 times the psalm says his mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. If repetition is evil, why is the word of God in the psalms teaching evil? That doesn't make sense. Also, we see in the Apocalypse, the book of Revelation, chapter 4, verse 8, nonstop the angels in heaven, it says, they do not rest day or night, and they say over and over, holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. So you would think if the angels were sinning, you know, Christ would say, hey, guys, quit repeating yourself. Quit saying holy, holy, holy over and over. That's vain repetition. I, as the Son of God, don't want that. No, Christ invites that. Day and night, constant repetition of this prayer and of this praise. So repetition is not sinful or bad. We find it in the Psalms. We find it in heaven with the angels. Now, fact number three on the rosary. Uh, it begins with the Apostles' Creed, which is an affirmation of what we believe derived from the Bible. And the prayers in the rosary are the Our Father, also known as the Lord's Prayer, the Hail Mary, also known as the Angelic Salutation, and the Minor Doxology, the Glory Be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. The two main prayers, the Our Father, come from the Bible. So the Our Father is obviously the Lord's Prayer. The apostles go to Christ. They say, how should we pray? And Christ says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So on. Protestants and evangelicals, non-Catholics, have no problem uh, with the Our Father. Where they have a problem is with the Hail Mary. And I'm going to put up on the screen now. The, the verses from which we derive the Hail Mary prayer it comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 28 and 42. 
So the Hail Mary prayer is, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So the first half of the prayer comes from Luke 1, 28 and 42. So, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, is what the angel Gabriel said when he greeted Mary right before she consented and the incarnation of the second person in Trinity happened inside her immaculate womb. Now, Luke 1.42 is when Mary goes to visit her cousin, St. Elizabeth, who's pregnant with John the Baptist. Mary is pregnant with the Son of God. And when the voice of Mary reaches the ears of her cousin Elizabeth, the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaps with joy and is filled with the Holy Ghost, Luke says. Notice here, it's the voice of Mary, pregnant with Jesus, that triggers John the Baptist being filled with the Holy Ghost, being redeemed and justified in the womb of his mother. St. Elizabeth responds to Mary saying, Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. So that's the first half of the Hail Mary. The second half is just a request, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. So we're meditating on the, the incarnation, the life, the death, the resurrection, and the glory of Jesus Christ. We're using prayers that come from the Bible. And our whole goal here is to get closer to Jesus Christ, to fix our eyes on Jesus. And yes, we are asking Mary to help us because, as he says on the cross, behold your mother. Anyone who accepts Jesus on the cross as their Savior hears the words, behold your mother. He's talking about the Blessed Virgin Mary. All right. Interesting fact number three about the rosary. The rosary's real name is not actually the rosary. Uh, rosarium is Latin. It means a rose garland. It can mean a rose garden, but a rose garland. Like You take roses and you make a crown. And the idea is, is when we pray the rosary, there's that loop in the beads and it makes a crown that in a way is given to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Here's, here's my rosary. I'm praying it today. Right? It's a, it's a circle. It's a crownlet. The real name that Mary called it in the 1200s, we'll get to that in the next point, is Our Lady's Psalter. The Psalter is the 150 Psalms in the Old Testament. And because there's 150, it's a substitute for praying the Psalms every day, which some of the great saints and desert fathers did down in Egypt. They prayed all 150 Psalms in one day. I did that once during Lent, all of it in one day. It's hard. I can't imagine doing it 365 days a year. So this is a way to get in touch with Scripture and to pray a Psalter, to pray Psalms, using a modified um, instrument and a modified pattern. Now, that brings us to fact number five, and that is the rosary was given to St. Dominic in the 1200s. What was going on in the 1200s? Well, there was a heresy called the Albigensian heresy or the Cathari. The Albigensians were a Gnostic group, kind of a Neo-Manichaean group. They believed that everything physical, trees, birds, squirrels, you, me, rocks, was evil. 
and everything non-physical was good. They believed that the God of the Old Testament, the God of the Jews, was evil, and that there was a, another God, a God of the light, the God of the immaterial, and he was good. They also taught that Jesus did not come in the flesh. They denied all the sacraments. They denied baptism. They denied the priesthood. They denied the Eucharist. Um, they are a spiritualist Gnostic sect. Well, they were very much given to poverty, and this impressed people in France. At that time, many of the bishops, many of the monasteries were wealthy. They were fat. They were wearing jewels. There was the crime of simony or simony, which is paying for church offices. And so the lay people looked to the Albigensian heretics. Their leaders were called the perfect, or in French, the parfait. Um, these are the ones that lived this austere life. And they followed their heretical teaching. St. Dominic tried to preach, tried to win these people away from heresy and teach them that Christ is truly incarnate. He was born of the Virgin Mary. He had a true body. He died on the cross. He shed his blood for us. He instituted the Eucharist. He rose physically from the dead. But he wasn't having a lot of success. And Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary, appeared to him. And here is what she said. She said, Dear Dominic, do you know which weapon the Blessed Trinity wants to use to reform the world? Dominic answered that she would know better than him. Mary responded, I want you to know that in this kind of warfare, the battering ram has always been the angelic psalter, which is the foundation stone of the New Testament. Therefore, if you want to reach these hardened souls and win them over to God, preach my psalter. So St. Dominic started praying Our Lady Psalter, the 150 Hail Marys. And by the way, if you're interested in learning more, I'll, I'll give you some links on how to learn how to pray the rosary. And by praying this himself and his fellow preachers and then teaching it to the people, he had great success. It is, as Our Lady said, the battering ram against heresy. And I was just reading from my book here, The Rosary in 50 Pages. If you want to get a quick primer, especially the stuff I'm covering now in a written form, uh, you can go to Amazon and get uh, Rosary in 50 Pages. Or if you want to be a uh, generous patron of this YouTube channel, you can go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. And at a certain level there, I'll send you this book and others signed uh, in the mail to you. So you can learn more about that at patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. So he began doing this and the people began to convert. Why? They were focused on the incarnation of Christ. It kind of goes back to Mary helping us see Jesus. You see, when you take Mary out of the Bible, out of Scripture, the whole idea that the second person, the Trinity, the Son of God, became flesh and had nostrils and intestines and fingernails and that he lived among us and that he suffered on a cross, that his side was pierced open, nails in his hand, all these horrible things. When It's hard for us humans to think that God, that the Son of God would be so humble but when you bring Mary in, it's a constant check. It's a constant reminder that, yes, he did enter into this world as a humble servant. And what was the doorway? What was the means by which Christ entered into our world? It was the Blessed Virgin Mary, her immaculate womb. The virgin birth is the way that he chose to come and live amongst us. And that makes her holy. Can't deny it. You can't deny it. That's a very important feature of salvation history. 
So the rosary is given the 1200s, but fact number six is there are actually many rosaries. Um, there is the Franciscan crown rosary. There's the Brigentine rosary. There's the Servite rosary, also known as the rosary of the seven sorrows. There's all kinds of different chaplets. Uh, I go through all these variations again in my book, Rosary in 50 Pages. Um, the, when we say the rosary, however, we're referring to the Dominican rosary, the rosary given by Our Lady to St. Dominic to combat heresy. The other ones are beautiful. I've prayed some of them. They're absolutely lovely. But in the unless you're in one of those orders, obviously you're a traditional Franciscan or Carmelite or Servite, you know, you're going to, of course, follow the rosary of your order. But for most people, for lay people and for diocesan clergy, Praying the rosary means praying the Dominican rosary, the rosary of St. Dominic, the 150 with the 15 mysteries. Now, fact number seven, moving right along. I put on fact number seven, the feast of our, uh, of our Lady of the Rosary is October 7th. And I'm recording that today on October 7th live. It was instituted by Pius IX. I'm sorry, Pius V, Pope Pius V, to commemorate the Christian Holy League, their naval battle against the Turks, against the Muslims, at the Battle of Lepanto. Now, what's interesting is in 1969, Pope Pius V, who was a Dominican when he became Pope, he, was, he received his vocation and was ordained in the Dominican tradition in the Catholic Church, in 1969, he established officially as Pope, what is the rosary? And in 1569, he said the rosary is 150 Hail Marys with 15 mysteries. That, he said, is the rosary that he wanted people to pray. That happened in 1569. Two years later, in 1571, was the Battle of Lepanto. And he was talking business with some cardinals. Again, there's no um, Wi-Fi. There's no texting. Uh, the battle began to rage out in the Mediterranean. And in the middle of when the, when the Christians won and they were outnumbered, and I have a whole video on this on the New St. Thomas Institute where I teach online courses, newstthomas.com. When they won the battle, having been outnumbered, and all of Europe had been praying the rosary for the Christians to win, because otherwise the Muslims were going to come all the way to Italy, invade, and take over all of Europe. It's going to be a really bad situation. All of Europe was praying the rosary. And in the moment that they won, Pope Pius V went to the window. And we don't know exactly what happened, but by some mystical revelation or vision, he saw that the Christians won. And he told the cardinals, this is no time for discussions or doing business. We must thank God because God has given us the victory. And so he named that day, October 7th, Our Lady of Victory. And then in 1573, Pope Gregory XIII changed the name to Our Lady of the Rosary or Feast of the Holy Rosary, October 7th. So every year on October 7th, the Catholic Church commemorates this victory of the Christians over the Muslims and Pope Pius V establishing this beautiful feast, Our Lady of the Rosary. This brings the rosary, it's always been that way, even going back to the Crusades, but this brings the rosary in the context of a weapon. Even when Mary's told Dominic about 
the need for the, the rosary, the angelic psalter, she says it's the battering ram. Then with Pius V, we see that all the Christians praying the rosary was the means by which the grace and the power came to the Christians to, debe to defeat the Muslims. And then as time goes on, we see that the rosary has this powerful effect. And that's why the rosary is called the weapon. And I'll get to that when we get to number 10. Now, number eight, sometimes, you know, I always end my videos on my podcast, pray the rosary every day or not on the team. Sometimes Eastern Orthodox or Eastern Catholic Christians say, hey, Marshall, come on. That's a Latin right thing. Why are you telling Eastern people that they need to pray the rosary? We have the Akathist hymn. We have all these other uh, Marian devotions. Why do we, uh, why are you telling us to pray the rosary? And the reason is, is that the rosary predates Dominic and Eastern Christians have been praying the rosary. There is a famous saint, a Russian saint in the Orthodox Church named St. Seraphim of Sarov. And he said that um, the mother of God had given a rule to monks to pray 150 of these angelic salutations, basically the Hail Mary. And about the in the about the eighth century at one time all christians fulfilled it he says we orthodox have forgotten about it and saint seraphim has re reminded me of this rule in my hands i have a handwritten book from the cell of saint seraphim containing the description of the many miracles which took place through praying to the mother of god and especially through saying the 150 times "O hail mother of god and virgin now it's a little bit different the decades the 15 decades um, are a little different, but most of them are the same. And I put them up side by side in my book, uh, Rosary in 50 Pages. But this shows that East and West, this pattern of the 150 angelic salutations goes back a long time. So much so that St. Seraphim of Sarav claimed that in the 700s, all Christians were doing it. We've also, they thought that the rosary was kind of later medieval, 1200s, 1300s, really in the 1400s. But as they've done excavations of certain saints, they have found rosary beads, what we identify as rosary beads, in tombs for saints that lived in centuries before what we expected or when we expected the rosary was introduced. So that's pretty cool. And I document all that in the book if you want to get it. Sorry to keep referring to the book. I just know that there's so much more info. I'm just doing 10 facts. But if you want to get more and get some of the info, it's, it's all there in the book. All right, number nine. There are 15 promises to the rosary. This is documented by another Dominican, Blessed Alan de la Roche. Um, and Blessed Alan gives us the 15 promises to those who do devoutly pray the rosary. And I'm going to go through them real quick, the 15 promises. Number one, whoever shall faithfully serve me by the recitation of the rosary shall receive signal graces. Number two, I promise my special protection and the greatest graces to all those who shall recite the rosary. Number three, the rosary shall be a powerful armor against hell. It will destroy vice, decrease sin, and defeat heresies. Number four, it will cause virtue and good works to flourish. It will obtain for souls the abundant mercy of God. 
It will withdraw the heart of men from the love of the world and of vanities. It will lift them to the desire of eternal things. Number five, the soul which recommends itself to me by the recitation of the rosary shall not perish. Number six, whoever shall recite the rosary devoutly, applying himself to the consideration of its sacred mysteries, shall never be conquered and never overwhelmed by misfortune. God will not chastise him in his justice. He shall not perish by an unprovided death. Unprepared for heaven, the sinner shall convert. The just shall grow in grace and become worthy of eternal life. Number seven, the seventh promise. Whoever shall have a true devotion for the rosary shall not die without the sacraments of the church. Number eight, those who are faithful to recite the rosary shall have during their life and at their death the light of God and the plenitude of his graces. At the moment of death, they shall participate in the merits of the saints in paradise. Number nine, I shall deliver from purgatory those who have been devoted to the rosary. And I am planning on doing a video, uh, probably 10 facts on purgatory, because I get so many questions on it. So that's coming. Number 10, the faithful children of the rosary shall merit a high degree of glory in heaven. Number 11, you shall obtain all you ask of me by recitation of the rosary. Number 12, all those who propagate the rosary shall be aided by me in their necessities. Number 13, I have obtained from my divine son that all the advocates of the rosary shall have for their intercessors the entire celestial court during their life and at the hour of death. 14, all who recite the rosary are now my sons and brothers of my only son, Jesus Christ. And 15, devotion of my rosary is a great sign of predestination. Those are the 15 promises of the rosary. Good news. Very good news. Now, number 10 is the rosary makes us prayer warriors. It makes us knights. It makes us soldiers. It puts a weapon in our hand. Something tangible. Something powerful. You know, people say, why do you pray the rosary? Why don't you just say your own words? Well, you can add your own words in your mind as you're praying the rosary. But this is a way to keep yourself on track every day and to commit 20 minutes to God every day. So why should we pray the rosary? Um, this makes prayer easy. If you said to me, Taylor, I need you to go and pray and talk to God steady for 20 minutes. I've done it, but it's really hard. The distractions, the stomach rumbles, the ticking of the clock, the sound of children, the sound of sirens, um, the thought of, you know, did I leave the oven on? All of these things flood the mind. Prayer becomes very difficult. The rosary keeps you on a pathway as you move bead through bead. It's very relaxing. It's very calming. And it, it puts you like, like a train on a track. You know where you're going. Um, we have to think about Jesus every day. And how many of us really make time to sit down and think about who Jesus is and what did Jesus Christ do for you and me to save us? If you pray the rosary, you accomplish that every day. You think about Jesus every day. Another reason to pray the rosary is it's tangible. You touch it. It connects. Remember, the Albigensian heretics denied the body. They denied everything physical. This is a prayer 
that is very tangible. We Catholics are all about the five senses. We have incense. We have beautiful art, stained glass, altars, beautiful chalices, uh, beautiful Gregorian chant. All of these things are elevating the body, which then slingshots the soul to God. And the rosary is just another example of the tangible devotion that we have as Catholics. Um, the other good thing about the rosary is it has a beginning and it has an end. You know, kids are always like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? When you're praying the rosary, you can look down and you can see exactly where you are as you move through the prayers. Right? That's helpful. The rosary is also multi-layered. Yes, you're using the vocal prayer. You're saying the Our Father, you're saying the Hail Mary, but you're also meditating on the mysteries. And then you also can actually enter into a contemplative uh, form of prayer. And then you can also tag people on beads. So I can say, you know what? This first decade, I'm going to pray for my wife, for me, and for my eight kids. So there's my wife, Joy. There's me. There's my oldest son. There's my daughter. There's my next daughter. There's my my son. Right? I, everyone's getting a bead. Right? You're tagging them onto the beads. It's very helpful. So this is a powerful tool. Um, I already mentioned that it's calming, it's relaxing. And then, of course, saints have recommended this. All the saints, all of them, in the last 800 years have been saying, pray the rosary every day. I could read quotes. I think I did a video already on YouTube. Uh, saints quotes on why you should pray the rosary. Uh, just Google my channel. There's a whole playlist of about 16 videos on the rosary here on YouTube. I'll be adding this to that list. Um, but there's a video on saints talking about the rosary. And uh, I think I'll just close by saying the Blessed Virgin Mary can hear us. All the saints in heaven can hear us. How do they hear us? Well, they're in the beatific vision of God. They are connected to God. They are united to the essence of God in a mystical way that we don't understand. God is all-knowing. God sees everything. He sees where your car keys are. Um, he sees you when you're sleeping. He sees you when you're driving. He sees you everywhere and all time. He knows everything. The saints don't see and know everything. However, they are plugged into God in heaven. And that gives them insight, partial, not omni omniscience, knowing everything. It gives them partial knowledge of what's going on in the universe and in the world. That's how the saints hear us. You know, it's funny. Protestants will say, oh, you know, saints in heaven, they can't hear you. That's so superstitious and silly. Well, in the book of Revelation, the apocalypse, the saints are actually, the 24 elders, the presbyters, are actually taking our prayers and giving them to Jesus. It's right there in the book of Revelation. So they are aware of our prayers. And then it's also funny because, you know, in our modern time, I can talk to someone in China. I can talk to someone in Italy or Argentina through my cell phone. There's no wires. There's no cords. There's 4G and 5G networks and Wi-Fi and all these things. So if humans can figure out a way for me to be heard, well, right now on YouTube, there's probably someone right now in, in Russia or Nigeria or the Philippines watching this live. There may be a second delay. They're watching it live. If we humans can figure out a way to broadcast my image and my voice to you in the Philippines right now, 
you're saying that God can't figure out or have a way for what we're saying to be heard by the Blessed Virgin Mary and the saints in heaven? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So Mary can hear you. She loves you. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. She says, do whatever he says. Jesus says, behold your mother. We are connected in a family. The, the body of Christ, the church, is a family. At the top is the father and the mother of Jesus. God, of course, is eternal, all-powerful. Mary's just a, just a human. She's the holiest human person. She's just a person. And then we're all united in this mystery through Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, the body of Christ. So those are 10 facts, top 10 facts on the rosary for today, the Feast of the Rosary, October 7th. And thanks so much for watching. If you like this, please do me a big favor and hit the thumbs up button, like it, and please share it on Facebook. You are my algorithm. I guarantee you, YouTube and Google do not care about the rosary. There's nothing in their algorithm about the rosary. So if you want other people to see this video, be my algorithm, be my Google, and share this video with other people, especially share it with Protestants, evangelicals. And if you're new, uh, please do subscribe and click the bell. You'll be notified of future videos. All right, we're going to close by praying a Hail Mary, and we'll pray it in Latin. Orimus. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tu, Iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or pronobis peccatoribus, nunc eretora mortis nostre. Amen. Gnome Patrit, Filio, et Spiritui Sancto, sicuterat in principio, et nunc et semper, et in secula seculorum. Amen. Nomine Patris, Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Our Lady of the Rosary, pray for us. Well, friends, Pray that rosary every single day. Pray the rosary every day or you're not on the team. Um, three things before I close. First off, if you want what I talked about today in an easy format or you want to give it to someone in a book form, that's why I wrote this inexpensive small book, The Rosary in 50 Pages, A Layman's Guide to Mary's Psalter covers everything I talked about today, plus more. And if you want a signed copy of it, you can go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. Choose the right uh, level. I can't remember what level it is, but make sure you look that the level that you're signing up for has the free uh, book, Rosary in 50 Pages. Also, if you like this kind of teaching, it's not insanely hard but it is taking it to the next level. It is getting a little bit more advanced. It is getting into the history, getting into the Greek, getting into the Latin, getting into the liturgy. I do teach online courses and it's been a while since I talked about it. So I'm going to mention it because the new St. Thomas Institute, which is where I do online teaching, started eight years ago today. I started it on the Feast of the Rosary because I'm devoted to Our Lady of the Rosary. So today's the eighth year anniversary of the New St. Thomas Institute. The New St. Thomas Institute is a place where you can take online courses for very inexpensive. You don't have to go to a university or move. You take online courses at your pace. 
there's notes, there's video, there's audio you can listen to. We have nine different courses. We have Catholic philosophy, Catholic theology, Catholic apologetics. We have early church fathers, medieval theology, uh, Reformation and post-Reformation theology. What am I missing here? Uh, oh, we have uh, one on the Roman Rite, the liturgy, and the traditional Latin Mass. So all these things are in there. And once you become a student and the tuition is monthly, um, it is 47 a month for premium. That gives you quizzes. You can earn certificates that go on your wall. Uh, there's a, it's a great community. There's people from all over the world, 50 different nations. Uh, it's online courses. So if you want to check that out, you can go to newsaintthomas.com and sign up. There's a 21-day guarantee. If you don't like it, after 21 days, uh, full refund, no questions asked. Uh, check it out. And then also, if you want to get signed books and be in New St. Thomas Institute, you can go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. And if you sign up at a student level at Patreon, New St. Thomas Institute comes with it for free as a benefit, plus some other stuff. So explore one of those two options, newstthomas.com, which is on its eighth year, eighth anniversary today. and uh, Or go to patreon.com and learn about it there. All right, pray the rosary every day and read the Bible every day. Go to confession. Fall in love with Mary. She'll help you fall in love with Jesus. And until next time, remember our Lord Jesus Christ says you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless, Godspeed, and happy feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. St. Pius V, pray for us. <laughs>